Welcome back to another episode of The Boat Boss. My name is Kim Swears and I am the host of Boat Boss. And I am beyond excited to be shooting out of the office, out of the studio, on location at Marine Max Worldwide Headquarters here in Clearwater, Florida. And it's my absolute pleasure to welcome Chuck Cashman, Chief Revenue Officer. Welcome to The Boat Boss. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm equally excited to be here. It's, uh, I'm a big fan and uh, excited to have a, a quick talk. Well, cool. Well, my nickname is Cash. At, back at my home base, um, I run operations. And so, but you have a super cool title. <laughs> I do. I have the right name for yeah, the title. You yeah, do. my, my, the, my son is chief, Cash. Right. Oh, oh really? So what does so, Chief Revenue Officer do for Marine Max? So Chief Revenue Officer, I think, uh, well, first of all, it's, it's a new title that's been emerging throughout the world um, in some public companies. And, and really, I focus on all things revenue. As uh, you know, my history with the company, I started in 1992 selling boats for Bill McGill's original store. Bill's our CEO, or our former CEO and founder, chairman of the board now. His son, Brett, has taken over as CEO. And uh, so Bill hired me to sell boats, and my career was centered around sales, although operationally I developed through our company and, and had many other roles. But I think the, my DNA is, is boat sales. And, uh, and I think as I've progressed through the company, there was a moment where they were trying to figure out what to do with me. And it was, uh, I think it became clear. Brett had the vision to make a chief revenue officer. I had to digest that because that's kind of a new title and I was always kind of operationally driven and, uh, and chief revenue officer came around and uh, it's, been a, it's been a blast. It's been fun. You know, I try to figure out revenue streams to help our company grow mm -hmm. and, uh, and we have. We'll, uh, we'll be over $2 billion this year, I believe. Fantastic. And uh, Well, let's take yeah. us back to 1998. We had a meeting and you shared with me the rich history of Marine Max prior to 1998. And I don't think a lot of my audience and a lot of the public knows the history before all this. How did this morph into it, what it is today? Yeah, our story, you know, like we think it's very interesting because it's so personal to us. You know, so many of us love the company and, uh, but the perception in the industry, there's a lot of different vantage points where people perceive us and, uh, and it is always a, a pleasure to tell the story. So 1998, we formed Marine Max with essentially five very tenured, successful dealerships predominantly all C-Ray, uh, very few other brands that, that were in common, but we were, we were really C-Ray dealers. And that's, uh, that's what Marine Max, I think, was viewed in 1998. Oh, those are, that's the, those are the C-Ray guys, right? I've heard that more than I could ever tell you. And, uh, and, it, and that at time and place, it was awesome. But, uh, you know, that, that's, I, I think, honestly, without C-Ray brand, we probably couldn't have formed. It was a big enough brand at the time. There was enough continuity between all five stores. There was a legitimate synergy between inventory and products and all the things that we could do. So <clears throat> we started with that. We, uh, you know, the five dealerships formed and then our plan was to grow through acquisition. Mm -hmm. And uh, always top performing dealers, always kind of best in class. We really did, uh, you know, we weren't the one that were, we, we didn't go out looking for turnarounds, even though we probably could turn companies around. We, we that wasn't our that wasn't our goal and it still isn't today we really do look for healthy businesses and uh ones that we can add value to but ones that hit the ground running Absolutely. and uh so and that's been phenomenal to, 
you know, it's just amazing your success. <clears throat> but take us back to that meeting with the five dealers. What was it like? Like, what did you say to each other? We, so, you know, I, my, my vantage point was a little different. I was running our Clearwater store, which was at the time one of the biggest stores. It was the biggest store in our company, for sure. One of the biggest stores in the country. So, you know, I had my head down as a general manager of that store. But I was, I've always been blessed to at least feel like I had a voice in the company's future and the company's growth. And it's panned out that way, for sure. But uh, at that time, I would equate it to, and I've, I've said this story before, five racehorses that run different directions, but they all win. Right. So you get five iconic leaders, and, and really you could probably boil it down to three. A couple of them are looking for more of an extra strategy, but uh, certainly there was a couple that I do it this way, and I'm very successful. <clears throat> and the other one would say, you know what, I do it this way and I'm very successful. So, you know, one's running counterclockwise, one's running <laughs> clockwise, and we're trying to all get on the same page. And we have made, we've made a ton of mistakes. There, there's no question. When we formed, we tried, we really did try to become one size fits all. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and there was a benefit to doing that. And there was a detriment to doing that at the time. We thought the benefit outweighed the detriment. So we tried to order, you know, I, I think at the time it was probably, let's call 5,000 boats. We're ordering 5,000 boats all the same way. Well, the people in the north are like, you know what? I don't need air conditioning in my boat. And the people yeah, in the right. south are like, I don't know how you live without air conditioning, <laughs> right? So it, there was just a lot of, I wouldn't call it drama, but, you know, they, they say this, the, the development of a team, you have forming and storming right. and norming. And we were... We were storming. I mean, there was no question. Everybody was trying to figure out their role. And, uh, it, but the, the common thing, though, everybody cared. Yeah. Right? Everybody passion. cared. A lot, a lot of passion. I That's mean, all, all of those former founders <clears throat> you would love to have dinner with. You'd hear the stories. I would love to, yeah. It, it's just they're, they're icons in the industry, and I learned something from every single one of them, right? Uh, you know, some, some of the how to and mm -hmm. some of the how not to. Right, of course. And both lessons, lessons. Are, are equally important. So take us to Marine Max today. Where where are you now? How many states, how many locations? So it, it's a moving target. Sometimes I'm embarrassed to say I don't know because sometimes we'll open a quick seasonal location, but I, I'm gonna say 78 locations in the United mm -hmm. States and about 100 total worldwide. That's so Fraser, Northrop & Johnson have a great worldwide presence. They, they've taken yeah. us more global. We have a presence in the BVIs with our charter company, a presence in the Bahamas. So we're about 100 locations around the world. But our core business, you know, Marine Max, it, it, our essence, although we are growing and diversifying from it, you know, we're, a, we're an American boat dealer. Right. So 78 largest, locations. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, uh, and, and, and we like that, but it's what we really want to be. We want to be the best local dealer. Mm -hmm. And then you add up all those parts, right. and you're the biggest national dealer. We don't we don't wake up in the morning and say, you know, we want to be bigger than everybody else. Our goal every single day is to be the best dealer in every community That's that we're in. Every amazing customer experience. So take us back <coughs> to um, 2020. Yeah. You know, it was uh, you were starting that quarter. You know, you were on fire. Yes. And then and then we go into this room that we're sitting in, which you call the helm. Yeah. Take us back to that meeting where it's you, Brett, you know, Mike. So the, there was four of us. It was uh, so Brett McGill, our current CEO, tenured veteran visionary, Mike McLean, the only CFO that we've ever had as a company, right? Which is very rare in a public yep. company. Twenty-three years into it, 
you know, phenomenal resource. Kyle Langman is a president of retail operations. He runs all of our stores. He's been in the business a long time and myself. Um, and actually we weren't in here because we, uh, we were in Brett's office got it. and, uh, we had just got a mandate. I think we had to close so it was like March, 70%. March yeah, yeah. Oh, it was March for sure. Mid-March. We'll, we'll just say mid-March for easy conversation. So we had had a record October going back to 19, a record November, a record December, a record January. We are like, this is awesome, right? All our, <laughs> all of our initiatives are doing everything we're supposed to be doing. You know, there's always maintenance. There's always things that you, you realize that you're not doing well and we're, we're always trying to improve. But we didn't have a lot on our plate from, uh, you know, disaster relief. And then, uh, and then February was a little off. And if it wasn't February, it was January. But, I mean, it was four out of five months so far were record months, all-time record months. So it was great. And, but we knew COVID. And uh, so COVID we, have, we have manufacturing in China, and they were giving us, uh, we were getting some so intel science. out of China yeah. that just said, hey, it's not good. Wow. And then I had, had I had done a trip to uh, to Italy to visit some of our manufacturers, and going through the airport, I noticed uh, I think it was Milan, whatever airport it was. Everybody's in masks, and, and I'm like, like, wow, this is just this is odd, right? You know, you're not you're used to seeing some people sure. in masks, but it was it's a lot of people in masks. And I came back and I'm like, man, this isn't uh, this is spooky. Yeah. We went to the Miami Boat Show, a reasonably good show. There was some conversation about it. Now, fast forward, middle of March, 75% of our stores are mandated. You've got to close. And, you know, we're, we're trying to massage it. We're talking on a daily basis. Well, now we've got to close. We had to close New York. We had to close Boston, some of the Florida stores. Mm-hmm. Once the Florida stores started getting shut down, we, we yeah. knew we had our hands full. Yeah. So we got in a room and we said, all right, how long, how long can we run sustain this ourselves. company, mm-hmm. sustain ourselves if we don't sell a boat? Not one boat. And, you know, hats off to Mike who got us through the Great Recession. Mm-hmm. Mike McClam, phenomenal CFO. He goes, we're, we're okay. We've got cash. We're a very conservative company. We don't have a lot of debt. Uh, he goes, we, we've got, you know, I don't know if it was a year, but it was long enough mm-hmm. for a mindset then. But it was it was harrowing for two three weeks, right. and uh, you know we're battling at the stores, and our stores are uh, our stores are gritty. They just weren't. and We use that word a lot during the uh, the early stages of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Grit, right? Yeah. You just gotta you just gotta grit Absolutely. through it. And, and then America seemed to fall in love with boating because of why? What? what well, I'll, I'll tell that? you. So you know, and, and just kind of finishing our thought, we started getting trend data. You know, we're, 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 we have a great data, you know, our, our marketing company, our analytics is, I think it's cutting edge, probably best in class right now. We start seeing upward trends, even though our stores are closed or like our online traffic is up, mm-hmm. our three-day online traffic is up, our, you know, our rolling seven. I mean, all these metrics started going up and uh, we, we, we called all our manufacturers in March and said, stop everything which that's a bad call, right? Mm-hmm. When you get a Marine Max mm-hmm. that says stop everything, they're like, hey, we're not seeing this. We're like, trust me, we're, we're seeing it. And uh, a couple of weeks later, they're like, oh yeah, now we get it. Mm-hmm. But you know, sometimes we're the canary in the coal mine because mm-hmm. of our analytics. Right. Well, then we yeah. started seeing good analytics. 
and we didn't understand it yet, but we're seeing, okay, now leads are going up, interest is going up, online activity is going up. We're not necessarily monetizing it because our stores are closed, but now we're starting to, I don't, I don't want to, you know, online say we were sneaking yes. in our stores, <laughs> but we were doing everything legal, but we, somehow we were getting in our stores and starting to do business, taking boats to customers' house, all that. So then it turned, right? It turned, and, and so then we're like, well, you know, why did it turn? And, and I've said forever, I, I literally believe that boating is the best family recreation that you can ever have Absolutely. in the world. And it just gets competed with mm -hmm. by resorts, by golf, by all these things, travel, all of which are wonderful. But when you take all that away, it just, to me, put a spotlight on boating mm -hmm. that just regenerated interest that, uh, that's a once in a generation type event. Yeah. And that's what we saw. You know, you know boating know is wonderful. Boating. I know that's boating right. is wonderful. It was a great way to get outside. It to, really to have was. That freedom from COVID, which was great. It's your oasis. You're socially distanced, but you were in the best environment yeah. in the world. So during COVID, you did the unorthodox. You actually acquired companies. You went out there and, and bought some pretty, you know, there, you know, that's that aha moment where you're like, uh, you wake up and you're like, why would they buy cruisers? What was the reasoning yeah. for cruisers during the middle of the pandemic? Well, Cruisers really came to us from another acquisition that was in the works prior to COVID. So some of these acquisitions, you know, they don't happen overnight. We, we, we get to know the company. We want the company. As important to us getting to know them, mm -hmm. we want them to get to know us. Absolutely. Because if there's not a fit, there's no sense, sure. there's no sense going down Absolutely. that path, right? It just doesn't work. So we were in the courting stage with some of these companies prior to COVID. Some of, some of the discussions were further along, some of them weren't, but as we were going through that, we acquired Skipper Buds. Right. In Skipper Buds, they brought us cruisers. Mm. We had never been a cruiser dealer. None of our dealerships have ever been a cruiser dealer. Obviously, aware of the brand, sure. but and uh, in, in, you know admire the brand, but we never were cruiser dealers. So we you know when we acquire a company and let's say they have ten different brands, well we got to get to know ten different brands. As we're getting to know cruisers, we're like, wow, we like this. And we had we had plenty of white space. So, you know, go back a little bit. Sea Ray exits the market. Right, the 60 we were, plus, right? Mm -hmm. Well, 40, 40 and up, quite honestly. And uh, So this filled that void. It's a huge void for That's Marine right. Max, right? Yeah. So we have, we have, you know, part of my job is to make sure our brand portfolio is clearly defined, right? Mm -hmm. You don't need overlapping brands. You don't need cruisers and sea rays over the right. top of each other right well sea rays gone so that piece of our pie an american sport yacht and yacht was totally empty mm. so then we start talking to cruisers about really at this time only becoming a dealer well in that they said you know what we're uh we're gonna sell and we thought to ourselves wow that's uh that's, the timing is crazy mm -hmm. because we're about to we're about to order a lot of boats. We're about to invest heavily into, you know, when we invest in a brand, we look for a brand for the rest of my career, right? Life. Life. Long-term. We, we don't want to turn brands over. So sometimes you don't know who the next owner is going to be. Mm -hmm. And we just started having, you know, kind of organic. We never, we didn't have this desire that let's go find a brand. It was, here's a brand. We've got to know them. We like them. They fit right in our portfolio perfectly let's uh you know let's explore that well then they say they're going to sell and we thought maybe this is the moment that we try to control our own destiny a little bit That's right. um 
it, it's caused some ripples, uh, but what I would tell every manufacturer, we love the brands that we carry. I'll take everything they can build right now and more. Mm -hmm. We're going to sell 8,000 boats or so this year. They're going to build 100. So it's not, you know, it's not the not the end is near, you know, Marine Max is going to start vertically integrating. That's <laughs> not the case at all. It's uh, It really is, how do we grow revenue? Mm -hmm. How do we grow maybe without selling another boat through our stores? Because mm -hmm. you really, you can only put, those 78 stores right now are doing everything they can. Like, we can always sell one more boat, but there has to be a way to grow within the industry without selling one more boat through our footprint and that's where cruisers is we kept we looked at some of the dealers we had cruisers quite honestly do it not when i say we it's it's really cruisers their team looked at the dealers and said these are our these are our top dealers we didn't touch them some of those them all kept them all as is we, we would love some of those markets selfishly but then that's already, not yeah. you're not being a good steward of the brand and they're already doing well. And they're already doing well. So how would, no, no dealer, I, I have sympathy, empathy to that. It's, uh, I'm a dealer. I don't want to get canceled for, uh, you know, for no reason. Sure, sure. So uh, markets that had opportunity, well, empty markets we took. Markets that had opportunity, we either said, hey, you know, you gotta, you're going to have to pick it up. Mm -hmm. Or we just said, look, it's, it's been long enough. We're going we're gonna to go in and right, be right. that. And then the good ones, we left them alone and said, let us know how we can help you. That's great. And uh, so, so far. So this wall talks is, is talks so much about your history. You know? And when we were here um, last time, you explained to me what this wall is. And this is really all the acquisitions that you've had over the years. It is. And then you grew globally by the acquisition of Fraser and Northrop and Johnson. That's right. Why, why, why those two brands? Well, let, let's start in sequence. So Fraser, Fraser came about, it was... Um, it was owned by Azimut Benetti, Paolo Vitelli, who's a long beloved partner of ours, right? We're the Azimut dealer for the U.S. We were in conversations about how do we sell more Benettis. Fraser was kind of on the side over there. And um, we, we had looked through the years at companies like that. We had actually looked at Fraser twice and uh, we just never could get everything aligned. Um, in this case, really what's happened is Marine Max has grown from the, the original 23 stores that were primarily C-Ray dealers to being more successful with Azimut, more successful with Ocean Alexander. We were getting clients that would get to about 100, 120 feet and say, look, you know, we're, we, we love you guys, but, but we're, you guys aren't the big boat guys. Clients, and we couldn't scale with our clients. Great way to put it. And, uh, and it's, it, you, you want to talk about a bad day is we have lifelong relationships with our clients. I've grown up. I've seen now clients that I sold almost 30 years ago. Their kids are buying boats. And we have long, long-term relationships with our clients. Well, as they get to the upper end, they just leave us. Well, that doesn't work, mm -mm. right? That doesn't work. And it's far more than the money. It's a relationship. Absolutely. It's uh, it, It's just we were tired of it and we had worked a little bit to see if we could grow the charter and the yacht management side but it was very difficult to grow that organically you're up mm -hmm. against powerhouses like Fraser and N&J you just can't do it so we we came to terms with Fraser it was awesome they're phenomenal people we're learning mm -hmm. right we know boat sales but we're learning about the super yacht business mm -hmm. right after that N&J approached us and really our first conversation with them is listen 
your timing is terrible. We just bought Fraser. We're not we're not looking to go acquire everybody there. We're going to learn and uh, and we'll maybe we'll call you in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they were persistent, and uh, we knew one of the guys was a former Marine Max employee that was there, and we had a meeting in this room, and we fell in love with them. Their leadership is phenomenal. It was the people more than the business. Right, right. Their business That's is awesome. fantastic, but it's the people. We we walked away saying, man. We, we want those guys on our team, mm-hmm. right? Daniel cool. Ziriakis that runs it is a phenomenal leader. Yep. He's young, he's vibrant, future of the business type of guy. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, that was it. We just, uh, you know, we kind of fell in love with the people as much as That's the business. Right. Now the business is solid, but it's, uh, we, we thought our team was better with them. So now the sky's the limit with clients. You can take them as high as large take them as, as high as you want to go. Yeah, Good it's thing. phenomenal. It's phenomenal. So what does the future look like for Marine Max? If you could say, what does it look like? It, it the future's going to look. You know, the, it won't be that much different than the trend that we're on. We were, we are actively looking at acquisitions for sure. Um, both healthy dealership type mm-hmm. acquisitions mm-hmm. and others. We want to grow within the industry for sure, um, right? I mean, it's that's uh, our job, right? We're owned by we're owned by uh, shareholders, shareholders and shareholders right. want to see growth. And that's we're right. uh, we're at a point right now where COVID has been very good to us. From a we have a lot of cash, we have very little debt, which creates wonderful opportunities. And if you think about if you were ever going to sell your business, generally people in the marine industry right now are doing very well. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get a multiple of right, a year, right. this would be a right. good year to sell. Right. Um, and, and look, we, what we don't want is here we're going to buy your business and you're going to sail off in the sunset. Mm-hmm. We just don't do that very often. You it's have to uh, buy in. That's a great idea. We, we really great want concept. people that are going to add to our team, to grow our team, to give us greater capabilities. One of the things that Bill did when he formed Marine Max, he, and, and it was true, and you know sometimes it's hard to even believe it, but it is so true. He goes, I just want to do this to give the people, the team opportunities. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm the That's poster awesome. child for that, yeah. right? Where right. I've been able started, to rise yeah. through the company and it's just phenomenal. And, but I'm not, it's just not my story. Mm-hmm. There's, there's hundreds of people that have roles that are probably beyond anything they ever thought they would be in when they started in the business at whatever level mm-hmm. they started. It's given us phenomenal opportunities. So what's the future look like? We're gonna grow. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna run our business as well as we can and try to improve everywhere we can because that's part of it. Sometimes you look at that, you could you can grow your business more just by improving sure. than you can by acquiring. So we'll always have this focus on just do the best we can, take care of our customer, take care of our team, do the best job you can, and we're gonna look to grow. Yeah, Whether it's people uh, process and product right yep That's what they said. we have uh, we're, we're learning and you know I've always said we're quick learners we're learning the super yacht side of it right super yacht services mm-hmm. so there's there's interest within the super yacht services maybe not more brokerage companies to say you know I don't want to own all the brokerage companies mm-hmm. but you know there's a lot of yacht management opportunities there's other opportunities there charter companies there's uh, there's plenty technology mm-hmm. where I, I, I really want to be the leading edge the absolute leader of technology mm-hmm. in the industry, and Absolutely. I think we can do that. There's some synergies there. We're working on that with Fraser N and J right now, and uh, and just continue to grow. Keep taking care of our customers. Keep taking care of our team, and everything takes care of itself. That's true. 
All right, now the challenging question. What keeps you up at night as a chief revenue officer? You know, funny, funny enough, what keeps me up at night, and you and I have talked about this, mm -hmm. is uh, so our, look, our industry has had the most amazing uplift in, in my career, right? 30 years of doing this. Let's, let's pick a number, 25% more boats sold last year than, than the year before. We were not able to grow our service department by right. 25%. If anything, in, it went the other direction. If anything, we're, we have so many initiatives to grow service, to grow technicians, and at best, we kind of hold serve. We're like, yeah, we got 10 new techs in, but six retired and yeah. two went somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I would take 100 technicians today if I could, right? So and, what advice uh, would you give to someone that's watching as a parent or a relative of a child that wants to maybe uh, have a career in the marine industry? What would you say to them? Well, you know, what I would say on that is there, there's been a migration away from the trades, and, and I get that, right? I get that. I think every parent says, you know, I want my, my son to grow up and go to college and get an education. But when you really kind of peel that onion back, what you want is for them to have a great career, stable income, mm -hmm. and opportunity. Sure. That doesn't always come with a four-year college degree going into a pool of people in some department of some company with very little upside and very little income growth. What I see, what I've learned is our technicians can make well into six figures. They can go anywhere and work. I mean, anywhere, right? I know you yes, would hire. Absolutely. We hire yeah. All of our 78 locations would take a technician today if they were skilled and they could almost call their own pay, and the pay has escalated and will continue to grow mm -hmm. because there's pressure on that. There's not pressure on people with a four-year degree in business administration. There's pressure on people that are master technicians mm -hmm. with Mercury, and where maybe it was viewed as a dead-end job, but dead-end is a relative term because you could do it for 30 years. But beyond you want to be a tech for 20 years, and then you want to become a service manager. We've had service managers that are now general managers. Wow. Right? And that, that opportunity exists. So it's, it's uh, a great pathway. Oh, it, 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 and I didn't, I didn't recognize it way back when, mm -hmm. but the trades, it, it's a far more noble business than it gets credit for, and the income is real, and I think you can get ahead of the normal income stream far faster than you could, maybe with a four-year degree, getting into a pool of, you know, low-middle-level managers. Mm -hmm. Well, that's some good advice, so I appreciate yeah. you talking about that. Let's talk about some fun stuff. What do you do when you're not doing all this? I am a, a passionate, passionate boater. I, uh, yeah, I, I really do. My family, it's, uh, it's our life. It really is. We're, uh, we're so blessed that we're in an area that has great boating. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm blessed that... Uh, I have a grown son and a young daughter. They both love boating. I, I call my son any day and say, we're going boating. And he goes, I'm there. I and, you know, that's the, you know, I've always said through the years, it's, you know, the, a boat is a magnet for your family. Mm -hmm. well, my son's 26 now, and he still wants to spend weekends on the boat. That's so. great. It says a lot about you. Well, it, wants it, to hang out with you. No, <laughs> no doubt. Well, it's, it, who doesn't want to sit on the back of a boat wherever you are in paradise? Of course. Right, you know, flipping some burgers. And What's your favorite restaurant, Waterfront? We'll give them a shout out. I will. Uh, Blue Moon Fish Company in uh, in Pompano, Florida. It is absolutely my favorite. It used to be Houston's, but mm -hmm. they don't let us dock sure. there anymore. Right, I know. And uh, those two were uh, 
near and dear to my heart. And then really now what's become my favorite is my own boat. uh, That's right. I make sure I have plenty of cooking surfaces and uh, I'll I'll do a mean burger on the boat. So we're in Champ, what do they call it, Champa instead of Tampa? Champ, Champa okay. Bay, so that's right. So what's your favorite? Is it the Bucks? Is it uh, the Lightning? The Crew? What's your favorite sports team? So I, I, I love them both. I've, I've been a 20-year season ticket holder for the Bucks and uh, have Good loved that. You. And uh, I actually gave up my season tickets a couple years ago because it was cutting into my boating time. <laughs> but now I make sure I've got a, I've got a TV on the boat and there we watch go. the games on the water and uh, we'll still go to some. Uh, lightning's exciting because you can go at night during the week. Okay, good. So I, I like I like both. Well, good. Well, thanks for your time, Chuck. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you about all things Marine Max, getting into your history, where you are now, and the future. And I can't thank you enough. Wish you no, all no, the best. No, no, thank you. Thank you very much. I appreciate right, well, you. Yeah. Get this guy back to work because he is the chief cash officer, the chief revenue officer of Marine Max. Thanks again for your time. And as I say, whether you live, work, or play on the water, just get on the water because there's nothing better than a lifestyle on the water. Signing off for another episode of Boat Boss. We'll catch you soon.